New year, new content. Keep an eye on Card Blanche, the podcast. We'll be adding fresh stories soon. But while you wait, why not give another one of our most loved stories another listen? From throwing rocks from bridges to placing metal spikes and other objects in the road, opportunistic criminals are becoming more brazen on the N4 highway. But what are the authorities doing to protect motorists from injury and, in some tragic cases, death? Derek Watts spoke to families who witnessed the indiscriminate violence firsthand and sadly came to the realization that road users are largely left to fend for themselves on the open road. You hear about the horrors that happened to South Africans. In this particular case, is a, a couple uh, were victim of what, what we call spiking. So the other with spikes on the road or just rocks, I want you to pull over. And that is where you get robbed. Or even worse. I'm walking along the very busy N4 highway in the northwest. Why am I telling you this? Because this highway can be a death trap and not just because of negligent drivers. The Bakwena N1 N4 route is the gateway to various industries, including mines and tourism. With about 13,000 vehicles passing through the Marikana Toll Plaza daily, it's no surprise that accidents are a regular occurrence. The scenes are never the same. It's very traumatic. Women and children, it will always stay with you and it's always uncomfortable driving past these previous scenes and incidents where the lives were taken of innocent people. You need to deal with, with your own personal life and then you need to deal with the life of patients and those around them as well. Jerry Bow is a paramedic and owner of Heart Beer Sport Emergency Medical Services. HEMS operates in and around the Brits area. He knows about the dangers of the N4 all too well. We've seen how bad these incidents are and it's not safe for anyone. Not all incidents on the N4 are because of criminal activities. However, Jerry has noticed an upward trend in spiking incidents. These attacks occur mostly at night and are often violent. Jerry recalls one particularly disturbing incident in 2019. We received a call early on a Friday morning just after 4 o'clock and the dispatch just said that there's a piece of concrete that was thrown off a bridge through a car. I remember arriving on scene and it was literally a bloodbath. The only thing I can remember, we left our house, we were driving, I showed her something and that was it. I woke up in hospital. The Roos family, JC, Claudia and their 13-month-old daughter were traveling in the vehicle when the concrete smashed through the windscreen and hit JC in the face. He lost consciousness, but Claudia remembers everything. 
When the vehicle finally came to a stop, the first thing I did was to check on my child. She was fine, but in shock. What happened? My husband was in a bad state. When I looked at him, I knew he was in a lot of pain. His jaw was hanging there. I thought he was dead. The steering wheel was bent at 90 degrees, so the force it absorbed was tremendous. Their vehicle ended up here, didn't roll, how oh, I don't know. But there's Claudia sitting in the vehicle next to JC. He's covered in blood, it's dark, the cars are going by. She doesn't know what to do, she's panicking. But then a knock on the door. Help at last. No, a gun in her face. I saw the gun pointing at me, but I looked away. He then wanted to get into the vehicle, first at my daughter's side. He then came round to JC's window. He then demanded money. I told him I don't have any money. I showed the phones to him. He took a look at it and looked at JC and he then ran away. After the criminal left, Claudia could once again focus on her husband. It was clear that his life was hanging in the balance. Help finally arrived and JC had to be flown to Milk Park Hospital in Johannesburg. I had to say goodbye to him. That was terrible. But we are sitting here today and it is amazing. And it is amazing. Some doctors cannot believe that I survived. I shouldn't be alive. I had two big operations to remove teeth that were in my airways and another to reconstruct my face. I had to learn to walk again, to function. My body gave in completely, but we got through it. I'm back at work, slowly but surely, I improved. The Roos' accident happened three years ago, and yet it seems very little has changed. During our filming, another vehicle was attacked after hitting rocks close to the Brits Plaza. Shots were fired at the vehicle, and the passenger ran away. Police service was searching for the passenger the next morning, and our cameras were there to capture it. The person was still missing at the time of filming. Bequena warned motorists about travelling on the N1N4 highway at night, and we did see their patrol vehicles while we were out filming. But are they doing enough? They are generating an income from the, from the N4. So part of that should be making sure that the guys traveling that route is safe. There's low lighting areas and that's where these incidents are occurring. Motorists should be warned. No, motorists should definitely be warned. And I think it's become to this point where it, it's not safe for anyone to travel alone anymore. 
So we are on our way for uh, MVA uh, on the N4. So we just know it's a motor vehicle accident, but there's four critical patients, four priority one patients on scene. When I receive a call like this, on my way to the response car, it's a quick prayer just to keep everybody on that scene, those families, myself and my team, to keep us safe. When his team receives a call that a vehicle is next to the road and medical assistance is required, they prepare for the worst. That's what happened after a call in early May. And they said there was rocks involved and there's shots that was fired and there's already somebody lying down. We knew it was going to be bad. And on arrival on that scene, it has just proven to be exactly what it, what it sounded like. The tire hit something. At that moment, we thought it was rocks. And he continued to drive for a bit as well. He said um, he doesn't know what the damage was to the vehicle, but we can't stop now. Why he stopped, I can't confirm for you, but he did. Joannette and their baby girl, Annabelle, were waiting inside the vehicle as Jandre tried to fix the tire. He just, he just screamed, no, no, please, please take everything. You can have everything. Just give me my wife and my child. And immediately I knew. Then one man tried to grab me out of the vehicle and I was busy grabbing Annabelle. And that's when John Ray stepped forward. The, the man shot him. And John Ray fell and shot him again. And he turned to me and he started shooting at me and Annabelle. So I remember two shots firing. One shot um, missed me and one shot hit me in the shoulder. I grabbed Annabelle and the man tried pulling me out and he pulled me out and he tried grabbing Annabelle from me. And so I just grabbed Annabelle and I put her against her father and I went to lie on top of her, just begging them not to, you know, hurt her or hurt me because I was so scared for her life. I mean. But they tried to take Annabelle. They did. The guy literally put his hands around her trying to grab her and at that moment i'm sorry for saying this but you don't care how badly you hurt your child just to keep her and so that's when i put her underneath me on the ground Worry next about to chandre yes well it was the only shelter i could find and was chandre still breathing no no I, I don't think he was i can't explain to you the um difference of feeling between someone who's sleeping the weight and the feel of the arm. And someone who's just, there's no, no life anymore. So I knew, I knew instantly, but I still, I got up and I ran with Annabelle to find help for John Ray. Because, um, you know, you're hopeful. Chandre's father, Brian Kidson, rushed to the crime scene that evening, insisting on seeing his son's body. Chandre was lying here. Yeah, Chandre was lying here. The car was standing there, and he was lying here with his feet to the road and his face down the grass was the long. I mean, it is so cruel. I'm not even sure what went into these people to kill my son like that. The police? Have they uh, told you much about the follow-up? The last time I found him, they say they're still scratching. That's, that's the only news we've got. I think it's very important that they start catching these people, starting bringing them to justice for what they have done. They still need to go through the system. 
knowing that your husband just just died and you saw it and your child saw it even though she's just one year old it's just it's something you can't explain to anyone he was a very amazing person and he loved his baby daughter Chris so much that's the whole point of us speaking to the media is just trying to create awareness that don't stop drive to somewhere safe a garage just don't stop next to the N4 This story was produced by Flores Corsa In the making of this I spent about 3 nights with the paramedics Jerry in particular and within 2 hours of the first night of filming we had a fatality on the N4 so I knew that this is a dangerous road it was definitely worth telling this story Jerry told me something else that there are fewer than 300 paramedics left in the whole of South Africa day after day they have to go out and save lives is their passion it's what they do like Jerry said paramedics are a special breed I met the Ruiz family a few days before we started shooting and I could see Claudia struggled she blanked out a lot of what happened on that evening and for good reason it was traumatic for them I asked Claudia for some pictures and I could see that this is extremely difficult for her to deal with and there's those wounds that are busy healing that she had to now open up again and I felt really sorry for her but the pictures really told the story well something that I didn't have time to tell in the insert is like financially they've lost so much you know apart from the bucky the RAF the road accident fund refused to pay out any money because there's no third party involved the kids in murder is such a difficult story to tell you and they told us that they received a lifelike picture of Jeandre that's now hanging in the foyer and Annabelle their one-year-old daughter when she saw this picture for the first time she was calling out papa papa i had i you can't imagine what a mother is going through in those situations Marco Jeandre's younger brother reminded me that they still a reward out as they have no leads or no information and no arrests have been made If you have any information please get in contact with the family. And if you're listening to this while driving, be careful out there. And remember it's not just the N4 that's dangerous, it's most roads in South Africa. Following our investigation, Bakwena Platinum Corridor concessionaire alerted motorists of increased spiking incidents along stretches of the N1 and N4 highways. They said, unfortunately, there's been an increase in vehicle spiking along South African roads. Road safety is a key pillar for us. We are working closely with SA Police Services, Metropolitan Police, and Provincial Traffic Authorities in Road Incident Management Systems forums. We're engaging with authorities to assist with their investigations and to support the deployment of additional resources to curb incidents of this nature. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to ensure you don't miss a single episode. In the meantime, why not rate and review us? We love getting your feedback.